This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to Work of Tomorrow on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Christian Tervish. Welcome back from the break. I'm Christian Tervish. This is Work of Tomorrow on Business Radio on Series XM. We're talking about the consumerization of robots. And in the first half of the show, I had the pleasure of talking with Omar Abdelbahit of SoftBank, who was talking about Pepper and how Pepper is revolutionizing our homes and uh, is standing greeting in front of hotels or hospitals. Uh, We're going to continue the theme of robots in our house. And it's my great pleasure at this point to welcome Chris Jones. Chris is Vice President of Technology at iRobot. Welcome, Chris. Great. Thank you for having me, Christian. Uh, Chris, before we jump into Roomba, uh, talking about Roomba, tell us about yourself and how you got into uh, robotics. Uh, Sure. So uh, I got my start uh, in robotics as an undergraduate, getting a degree in computer engineering and really fell in love with the field and the way it combines hardware, software, physical things that operate in the physical world and move around. It's a very exciting field to to be in. My path took me from there, uh, worked at a at a national lab, uh, Sandia National Lab, uh, for a couple years in outdoor robotics, uh, roving around uh, in the mountains. Uh, then to grad school for uh, my PhD in computer science with a focus on robotics, and then uh, right after that landed in the, the ideal place for anyone interested in robotics, and that's at, at iRobot, where I've been for uh, for about 13 years. Um, so I've had uh, 20, 20 or so years uh, in the robotics uh, industry from uh, from school, uh, working for the for for the government, uh, and then uh, here at iRobot for for over a decade doing robots for military, and these days uh, really focused on robots uh, for the home. So talk a little bit more about iRobot. We'll jump into the Roomba discussion in a moment, but what what else is produced by iRobot? Uh, sure. So iRobot uh, spun out of uh, MIT uh, over 25 years ago in the early 90s, uh, with a goal of of bringing uh, robotics technologies into practical life. So taking the, the latest advances in robotics from academia and then finding ways to productize or translate those technologies into products that can really have an impact on, uh, on people's lives. And over those 25 years, iRobot uh, as a business has done all sorts of things. We've really explored can we leverage robotics technologies to help with everything from um, inspection of, of oil wells to robots that explored the uh, uh, pyramids in, in Egypt, uh, underwater robots, robots that help uh, the military and law enforcement, uh, and uh, robots for commercial environments, commercial cleaning, and so on. And these days, uh, you know, our, our business for consumer robots or robots for the home, uh, which we've been uh, working uh, in since 2002 or so, uh, has really uh, today that is 100% of our focus is is being able to bring robotics technologies into practical products, uh, robot products for the home. So iRobot uh, over the past 25 years has 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 really taken our robotics expertise into a variety of fields. But today we we are 100% focused on robots for the home. And that does get us to Roomba. So how many Roombas are there? And tell us, maybe for those of us not familiar with Roombas, what does Roomba actually do? Sure. So Roomba is a product we first launched uh, in 2002, so over 15 years ago. Uh, Roomba is a practical robot for the home that helps uh, helps our uh, customers uh, uh, keep their home clean. So it's a robot vacuum. 
um, that's able to uh, you know cover the level of a home to to help keep the uh, keep the home clean. Um, Roomba, as I said, has been out for over 15 years. We've sold more than 20 million home robots. It's a global business for us, and it's one that continues to grow uh, substantially for us uh, year over year. So there's a lot of, over those 15 years, uh, innovation that's come into the product, improvements that's come into the product, and it's all about us, like I said, uh, uh, trying to translate the latest technologies into um, products that can really have a, a practical impact on on people's lives in terms of them helping to keep their keep their homes clean. How has Roomba evolved over the last couple of years? You mentioned Roomba has been around for 15 years. I think I've seen it for seven or eight years in use mm -hmm. in, uh, in my brother's home. Uh, great product. Uh, tell us how how Roomba is getting better over time. Sure. So in 15 years, we we absolutely have and continue to make. Uh, improvements in the in the core cleaning efficacy of the product. So making sure that it, uh, from a from a vacuum perspective, uh, is absolutely the best it can be, and that continues to advance uh, every year in getting better and better uh, at that. Um, you know, we're uh, uh, the we're the market leader when it comes to uh, robot vacuums or, or robots in the home in general. And in the past few years, the the real focus for us has been. Uh, is bringing those robots uh, um, uh, 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 to the consumer in different ways through connecting those products. So for the most part, uh, the entire family of Roombas these days are Wi-Fi connected. So over the past few years, that's really been a focus for us because it opens up um, some very valuable new ways that our consumers can interact with the product uh, in better and more convenient ways uh, in the home. So, of course, there's a mobile app. Uh, that allows people to command, check on, you know, customize their robot uh, from wherever in the world um, through that uh, through that mobile app. Um, but it also opens the door to some very uh, interesting and compelling connections to other products in the connected home. So through Amazon Alexa or Google Home and Google Assistant to allow people to um, get get a, an interface to their robot through whatever means uh, is most convenient to them in their home. So pulling that connectivity through the line and opening up uh, through, the, through the family of robots and then opening up that connectivity um, to allow for richer, uh, more diverse means for our consumers to, to interact with their robots in their home. I totally love the storyline, but uh, Chris, somewhere on the line I lost you in the sense that mm -hmm. I, I roughly understand where you are right now. I think I share your vision for the connected home, but right now I couldn't quite understand the use case of the connectivity of the current Roomba other than when I'm vacationing in Germany, I can tell Roomba to clean <laughs> the house. Uh, mm -hmm. So Roomba has, I understand it now, a sibling called Brava. And so mm -hmm. one connection could be that Roomba calls Brava that there's liquid that just kind of needs to be kind of clear, wiped up in a way that Roomba cannot do through suction. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what, what other connectivity stories would make use cases that you're passionate about right now? Sure, Christian. So that the point that you were just making there, I'll get to in, in just a second, because that's absolutely one of the rationales. Um, just going to the, the core Roomba uh, story again. So, yes, in Germany, you could you know, command your robot to start cleaning and so on through the mobile app. But some of the things we're doing are being able to leverage that connectivity, that connection with a mobile app, is to allow our robots to communicate to the consumer um, what they've done. So uh, today in the, in the mobile app, a consumer can opt into a functionality that will show them a 2D map of the home representing the area of the home that the robot cleaned 
in that particular cleaning uh, cleaning mission. So it gives the consumer confidence, even though they weren't home and they didn't see the robot, they can see, oh yeah, the robot did uh, clean down the hallway to the last hallway at the end of the at the end of to the last bedroom at the end of the hallway, and then even into the bathroom off that bedroom. You can get a visual confirmation that that robot cleaned um, the entire level of your home. So that's a way to communicate to that consumer by allowing them. Uh, to, to leverage that connectivity to get that information back to them. And even one step further, you know, this is a, you know, small steps in the direction of the connected home, but on top of that 2D map of their home, imagine a blueprint of your home um, that that robot is able to provide you with. Um, we can now also overlay Wi-Fi signal strength information, for example. So not only do you see where your room is clean, but you can also see that robot will provide you with the information to allow you to see um, the Wi-Fi signal strength everywhere in your home to help you um, diagnose problems within your uh, connected home or help improve that experience for you more generally. So that's you know uh, pulling the thread a little bit further about how connecting robots um, can provide additional ways to interact with the robot and different means for the robot to communicate information back to the consumer. And then the next step, uh, Christian, as you mentioned, is once robots are connected, um, there are many opportunities to allow uh, multiple robots in the same home to coordinate. So you can imagine many scenarios where um, you might have a vacuuming and a mopping robot. Those robots are both connected. They both have the same understanding of your home through these maps of the home that they use to navigate. Um, you can easily get uh, robots to coordinate their activities. So vacuum this area before you mop with the Brava, for example. Um, so that's setting that scenario, setting that stage for scenarios where multiple special purpose robots, each of which is designed to be best in class at the task that it performs, to have them be able to um, appropriately coordinate their activities in your home. That's interesting. That's where I was heading next is with all the respect to Roomba, but Roomba is still a vacuum cleaner, right? And so mm -hmm. there are lots of other things that are adjacent to that skill that maneuvering through my house, Roomba could be detecting if there's an intruder, right? Roomba could be becoming my mobile Alexa base station. Um, mm -hmm. Beyond beyond the, the core function of vacuuming, do you see Roomba taking on additional skills or is it more like an assortment of specialized robots that are basically in a connected way but that are kind of special devices that are independently coordinated in, in the house? Mm -hmm. So we are, you know, today we're certainly very focused on making sure that our products, whether it's Roomba and its vacuuming capability or Brava and its mopping capability, to make sure that those products have the absolute best performance in the task that they're that they're going after. With, you know, 20 more than 25 years of experience in building robots in a diversity of environments, we we know very we're we're very um, tuned in to the technical challenges or the product challenges that come when you try to put too much into one robot. Um, it, it, it means you end up compromising performance in order to get multiple functionalities into any platform. And in many cases, it can, it can confuse the consumer's perspective of what that product is. So today we are very focused on making sure that each individual product is, um, is providing the best performance possible um, within its its uh, uh, specific task, we do think that there are you know many opportunities for robots in the home. We've only uh, we firmly believe we've only scratched the surface of that. So we have Roomba that's been out for years. We've mentioned Brava, which is a mopping robot. 
um, that has been on the market for uh, for for um, the past you know, five years or so. Um, that's, uh, that, that expands the role of robots in the home. But we do believe that there's a lot more to come in terms of other applications for robots in the home. Um, not to, I can't give specifics here today, um, but we are always looking for new opportunities where there's a convergence between technical feasibility and the ability to deliver you know, a valuable task for the consumer in their home when we can marry all those things together in something that, that makes uh, that makes sense for the consumer in their home. So, like I said, we've only scratched the surface, and we think there are many other applications for robots uh, in the home in the years ahead. But uh, since you mentioned the connected home, Roomba is still some form of a beachhead, right? If you think about Nest's move into the connected home, uh, basically beyond just the thermostat, it, it allows you a gateway into people's household, which allows you then to be a beachhead for other functions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you can certainly see it that way. I mean, uh, being the the market leader in robots in the home, uh, with more than 20 million, uh, 20 million sold, and uh, being being present uh, around the globe with our products, um, you know, it provides an opportunity to think about how you know robots play have a very unique place in the home that no other product really does. Where robots are mobile. So they move move throughout the home, um, and they perform their tasks, you know, autonomously. Um, you know, when you you press clean on a Roomba or schedule it to run, it goes off and, and does its thing on its own, and then you know ends back up on the dock, um, ready for 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 its next run. So we we have this interesting uh, when you think about robots in the home, they're in, they're in a very interesting position in that they they're autonomous, mobile, can move throughout the home. Uh, and when you think about the Roomba use case, that robot moves throughout the home, uh, you know, on average every two days. So consumers tend to run their robots uh, about every two days. Um, so you have this platform that is very continuously uh, moving moving around the home. Uh, it's not something any other product in the home can do. So there, we do think that there are some very interesting applications that can that can leverage that type of position in the home, and it's something that we're we, we, we certainly are, are exploring uh, internally and, uh, and with our, our customers uh, out there today um, as, we, as we look for the next applications for robots. Make the link to business applications. I mean, in some sense, having a machine that does cleaning is, is, is lovely because there are many people in factories, in hospitals, and in, in hotels that do some form of cleaning. Is, is that an adjacent market, or are you just committed to the consumer application, which is having its own challenges, but uh, it's, it's just a very different market segment? I think it's more more of the latter. So we have very intentionally and strategically committed to focusing on on the home. Um, we've been in, as I mentioned earlier, been in uh, a wide variety of, of verticals uh, in bringing robotics technologies to market in the past. But you know, uh, so we have a lot of experience with you know the challenges or the the similarities of robots for the home versus industrial applications or commercial applications and so on and. You know, realistically, at the end of the day, there are some similarities, um, but there's many more differences to the types of technologies, the product concepts, and so on that are appropriate for consumer products in the home versus, you know, robots in uh, industrial applications. So, um, you know, that uh, that's why we've we've really elected to focus on robots for the home, and it's not it, it's 
somewhat adjacent to think about industrial or commercial applications, but it's a, it's a pretty dis- distant adjacency um, for, for a number of reasons. Talk about the technology behind the, the robots, be it, uh, be it Roomba or be, be it Brava. Uh, what, what makes this hard and what is the kind of the scientific progress that you have to mm-hmm. get better over time? I mean, you've been at Roomba for, for like you mentioned now, over a decade. How, what is the, the scientific puzzle or the, the nut that you have to crack to make Roomba to the next level of sophistication? Sure. And part of this goes back to the very beginning of our conversation when I, when I mentioned how I was, you know, got, got uh, connected into robotics, and that's the fact that it brings together electrical, mechanical, software into a single integrated system. All of those things have to work together, have to be very tightly integrated to make a robot uh, effective. So um, over the years, you know, we've certainly uh, done a, a lot of work in understanding how to, when it comes to vacuuming, how to clean so how do you how do you develop design develop you know implement the most effective you know mechanical cleaning system that's possible that's something that's been you know core technology all along that that you know we we continue to innovate in but one of the more you know recent uh, innovations that's that's very important to um, our products today and the the vision of the of the company in the future is the uh, at the same time that we launched the connectivity aspects of the robot, we also launched the ability for these robots to build maps of the home, which is what I, I mentioned earlier. And that's very important for the robots themselves or Roomba specifically, because if a robot is able to, as it's cleaning the home, progressively build a 2D blueprint of that home. So it always knows where it is. It knows where it's cleaned, where it hasn't cleaned, when it needs to get back to the dock to recharge. It knows exactly how to do that because it has this map of the home. And it's that piece of innovation that's been, uh, that's been a real uh, significant value add to the products. Uh, and it's something we continue to build on uh, uh, looking forward on our, on our roadmap. This allows Roombas to systematically clean the entire level of a home. So it, it will do a very systematic clean uh, throughout every accessible area uh, on that level of the home every time it goes out to clean. So it's that ability for robots to um, understand where they are within the home, you know, where they've been, where they haven't been, et cetera, is very important to making robots uh, efficient and effective at, uh, at how they operate in the home. So that's been a key to your question, a key piece of technology or innovation um, that we've done that really drives um, the the, uh, the performance of our of our robots in homes around the world. With consumer products comes cost pressure, I guess, with any product, but yes. in particular we're familiar with, be it the iPhones, be it PCs. Uh, if you're making something at the type of scale that you're doing, uh, you just are on enormous cost pressure. Walk us with the supply chain of uh, of a room. If I would basically order one tonight, uh, where is it born? Where is it made? What are the components made of? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a a, a complicated question, but uh, you know, we do you know all of our manufacturing in the Far East. Um, we have a. a uh, a great set of partners that we've worked with for many years that help us bring uh, bring our robots to fruition. Um, uh, so it's a you know it's a complicated supply chain for all those components, being able to get everything manufactured reliably, et cetera, at a price point uh, that makes sense to the consumer is you know a, a, a continuous uh, area of focus. We certainly count pennies um, when we're building our robots, and that's you know back tying this to one of your previous questions on. You know, robots for the home versus industry, uh, for example. Um, it's 
you know, price as a huge driver um, that really makes building consumer robots uh, a challenge. Um, you always have to be very sensitive to the cost of the product, um, uh, which is less, it's still important, but less of a, of a technical challenge or barrier when you're thinking about other, other applications, industrial or commercial, et cetera. And then also for us, when it comes to, you know, manufacturing or, you know, how Roombas come to be is making sure that when we, we make them, they're made at a price that, that makes sense for the consumer, but that they're also um, very reliable in terms of performance out of the box around the world. So you, you buy a Roomba, you install it, you press the clean button, it needs to just work. Um, and there's increasingly large set of technology in those products, all the mapping capabilities we were just discussing, um, that really had to be designed with that in mind, that millions of robots around the world every year in homes of all different uh, different guises and different uh, um, um, you know, characteristics and so on, the robot just has to work out of the box. So working very closely with our supply chain partners, with the manufacturing partners, uh, et cetera, is something we, we do a lot. What did the competition say? I mean, I would imagine if I have a good old vacuum cleaner company, I would not have been pleased by, by, by Roomba's arrival. And it seems like the skills that you have are not easily something that could be imitated by the incumbents here. What was the reaction to the market? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how, uh, you know, more traditional vacuum companies uh, would necessarily respond. But for us, it is a a very unique and very valuable combination of skills that we bring, which is we are a robot company um, that is able to bring robotics technologies into a variety of applications um, to the benefit of, of our consumers. Um, you know, we that, that robot technology, that robot bit is not something that, as you mentioned, it's not something that's easy to replicate. Um, it's something that's taken us 25 years of experience to get to where we are. Um, there are a lot of... Uh, hidden gotchas when you start to put together very complicated electromechanical software devices that, you know, uh, roam homes around the world. The diversity of environments and situations they find themselves in is, is, is not something easy to, to, to pick up quickly. So it's that unique combination of understanding how to do a core task like vacuuming while also understanding how to, how to bring to bear all the robotics technologies that are, that are coming through the market um, that has allowed us to be in the place where we continue to be um, the dominant market leader when it comes to robots in the home, even with you know, competition for more traditional incumbents in this space. Um, it is a, a very hard skill to replicate, to combine uh, those task and te robotics technology aspects into, into, the, into one package. If you would uh, pick a hundred random households that have a, a Roomba in their home, how many of them do you think still have a good old vacuum cleaner as a second line of defense, if you will? Uh, I, I don't know what those numbers are, um, but we are, you know, I would say that um, uh, with something like Roomba, we are certainly have continued to improve the, the vacuuming performance, the core performance of that robot. To, to get to the point where, you know, we are um, challenging performance that you would get from upright vacuums. And one thing that robots can do that it's very, it's differentiated from what you might do with an upright vacuum is, uh, you know, we clean autonomously the entire level of a home as often as you want. So schedule it every day of the week. It will go out and keep that home's cleanliness in check, right? Dog, 
dog fur that's you know shedded and 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 moving across the home robots running every day to keep that in check is something very valuable uh, robots can get under under pieces of furniture under the couch under the bed in in areas where traditionally it's it's uh, laborious to get a, a more traditional vacuum into those places to keep it clean. So the value proposition in some ways is is a little bit different. Um, but we are, you know, the cleaning performance has, has gotten very good. And then we're also able to leverage the fact that we can get to get to places that people don't typically get with their upright vacuums, at least not regularly, and have the advantage that, you know, with no additional effort, uh, the robot, the vacuum is running um, you know, as often as you want, every day of the week, if that's if that's the need. Uh, Chris, a final question, maybe. I notice YouTube is full of funny Roomba videos. Do you have a favorite one? <laughs> oh, I don't know that I have a funny one, uh, a favorite one. There are. <laughs> I, I'm I'm never uh, ne never not amused by seeing all the all the the videos that feature a Roomba in them um, in different guises. I did like the one more recently with the Olympics on the on mind of of people who are imitating curling with a Roomba, <laughs> sweeping across the, the kitchen floor as the Roomba came up behind it if, if it was the, the curling stone. I thought that was a funny one. Says Chris Jones, Vice President of Technology at iRobot. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Christian. Uh, we've reached the end of the show. Let me just reflect for a moment while I've taken out of this discussion. I'm just struck by Pepper versus Roomba. Pepper being a much more humanoid, uh, somewhat an all-purpose robot, if you want, doing many different things, versus our friends at iRobot seem to have the strategy much more like of a very functional, narrow expertise, if you want to call it this way, be it a lawnmower, a, a, a vacuum cleaner, or uh, a wiping uh, robot. Uh, but either story, I found uh, fascinating guests. Uh, thank you for so much for, for being here. Let me also say thank you to my sound expert, Daniel Bruno, and my producer, Matt Detz, for their wonderful support. If you want to listen to the full show or previous episode of the show, just uh, look at workoftomorrow.com. Uh, we hope you can join us again this coming Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. I'm Christian Tervish, and on behalf of all of us here at the Wharton School, thank you for listening. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.